This is the Elevate Podcast, where trial lawyers learn, share, and grow. Let's talk about how we can elevate our trial practices, law firms, and lives. And now, here are your hosts, coming to you from coast to coast, trial lawyers, Ben Gideon and Rahul Ravipudi. Today's episode of the Elevate Podcast is brought to you by the Expert Institute. Check out Expert Institute's new cutting-edge feature, Expert Radar, where they track down background information about your own expert or the opposing expert, including their litigation activity, any times they've been challenged, speeches, articles, presentations, deposition transcripts, you name it. Just push the button and let them go to work tracking down all that information for you saves you time and when they find information that is helpful to you it can be a game changer for your case check them out at expertinstitute.com today's episode is also brought to you by hype legal hype legal is a digital marketing and web development firm specializing in helping the high end of the trial practice, develop great websites, great digital marketing campaigns. Give them a call, talk to Tyler or Micah over there, see what they can do for you. Finally, today's episode is brought to you by Smart Advocate. Smart Advocate is award-winning case management software used by trial lawyers all over the country to help manage the docket of cases that you have in your practice. Allows you to do everything from templates to forms to work plans saves time makes your practice more profitable and efficient check them out at smartadvocate.com welcome to the elevate podcast i'm rahul ravi pudi and i'm ben gideon ben how are you i'm doing well here rahul uh, it's pouring rain out and our tennis match for the day has now been canceled but um uh, Beyond that, doing fine. All right. Well, sorry to hear that. It's blue skies, sunny, and about 75 here. So it's about the same as Maine. Yeah. <laughs> Always rubbing it in. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, this is a special Elevate podcast where we have our uh, sponsors and friends from Steno on. Dylan Ruga, the president. Greg Hong, the CEO. And Dan Anderson, the CTO. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Great. So just a little backdrop and a personal story of how our firm got involved with Steno and, and me in particular. We had an incredibly large mass tort case against a publicly traded company, Southern California Edison, and the pandemic hit and everything in the justice system came to a grinding halt. Zoom had... Um, security issues and Edison was taking the position that none of its witnesses would sit in a deposition virtually via Zoom. We needed to get this case ready and moving for trial whenever a courtroom was available. And Dylan Ruga, Greg Hong, Dan all reached out and we coordinated given the Steno platform, how it's technology based. And uh, they were able to actually develop a non-Zoom platform where we were able to take over 100 depositions and get the case to the finish line and and now in a resolution process. Honestly, none of that would have been possible 
under any other court reporting platform. And so I was incredibly grateful for their flexibility and nimbleness in, in making something like that happen. But thanks for sponsoring our podcast. And we want to learn a little bit more about you, your company, and what you have to offer. Thanks, Raul. This is Dylan. And uh, we appreciate your support, as, as always. I guess the way Steno came to be was that I, uh, I started my uh, my firm, I'm a plaintiff's attorney uh, in Los Angeles, and I started my firm just over six years ago, just by hanging a shingle and and uh, going out on my own. As my caseload grew and I started representing more clients, I was feeling pretty good about myself and what I had accomplished. And I thought, okay, well, I'm at you know 50 clients now. I'm approaching 100 clients, and things are going well. Until I looked in the bank account and saw a bunch of zeros, and I thought, well, geez, what's what's happening here? How could it be that my practice is blossoming, but I have no money in the bank? And like all plaintiff lawyers, I learned the lesson of uh, managing cash flow. And I realized that I was advancing so many costs for my clients and waiting for the cases to settle that it was impacting my ability to, to grow the firm and, and bring on new cases. And so when I um, looked at my P&L and figured out what I was spending the most money on, it turns out that one of my largest expenses was court reporting. So I started looking around for court reporting agencies that would defer all of the payments on my invoices until my case is settled so I can solve that cash flow problem. And none were willing to do it for me, especially on a non-recourse basis, meaning if I lost the case, I didn't want to have to pay anything. So with that in mind, I um, decided to do something about it and reached out to Greg Hong, who I had known previously because uh, Greg, prior to working with me at Steno, started uh, another company called Reserve. And Reserve had been sued for trademark infringement. And along the way, they had hired me to defend them in that, in that trademark action. So I had actually met Greg in the context of preparing him for his deposition. And after that, we remained friends. And I reached out and we got Steno off the ground from there. Um, Greg, do you want to kind of take it take it from there? Yeah, no, I, I think that was a great intro to kind of how we got this business going. And really from the start, when Dylan put the idea in front of me, we thought there was a huge opportunity, not only in terms of uh, helping with litigation, financing, combining with court reporting, but I think within the broader industry itself in terms of legal support services. You know, in the very early days, Dylan put us in touch with many of his colleagues. And as we talked to those colleagues, we found out pretty consistently that not only was cash flow a problem, but the availability of good uh, legal support technology was an issue. And, and I think further, the quality of service that was being provided by those support providers really was not up to the level that I would come to expect and I have come to expect in working in other tech-related businesses. So as Dylan and I and Dan sat down, we just saw a massive opportunity not only to enter the market with uh, deferred payment for court reporting services, but in the broader legal support services industry. And I think that's really what we're looking at now as we think about Steno as a business, is what are the other aspects of uh, what an attorney does throughout the litigation process that we can help them with? So not just court reporting on deferred payment, but as we start looking into the future, starting to think about things like service of process on deferred payment or things like e-filing on deferred payment. And it, it's a massive, massive uh, opportunity for us to help the industry and the community really with uh, their service providers and otherwise to level up the the uh, services that are being provided as compared to what's out there today. And we couldn't be more excited to, to go out and deliver that. I think you mentioned this as well, Rahul, the, the platform that we rolled out uh, to help you with your case. Uh, you were the first kind of client to use it. And uh, the first firm to use it was called Steno Connect. 
And uh, Dan and Dylan and I, when we kind of put our heads together in terms of what that should be, uh, it's really been instrumental in also propelling our business forward, but also in helping attorneys. Because so many of the attorneys that we talked to were like, you know, there was an attorney I talked to the other day and he got on the platform, we did the demo, we got done with the demo and he said, you know, Greg, this is the first time I am and I'm looking forward to and will take a depot where it's reminding me more and more of what it was like pre-pandemic when everything was in person. And I think that's really a testament to everything Dan and his team have built, where our technology really emulates as much as possible the in-person experience. And, you know, I think in most things, when when the technology can emulate the real life experience, you really, really have done a fantastic job. And that's, I think, a testament to really what Dan and, and his team have built out. Casca, quick question just for, I don't think a lot of people know this, or maybe almost anybody who's not in the industry, how large... And uh, is the court reporting industry nationwide? Yeah, I, I think for context, there's about five. We have it modeled somewhere between three and five billion in court reporting related services alone uh, that are delivered every year. And and as as we look at it, we say, you know, that's only one part of kind of this larger pie of all the legal support providers that, that you all use. You know, when we think about all the vendors that that an attorney engages with when they're quite frankly not lawyering and they're you know looking for the vendors that can help them deliver on the litigation process um, there's a myriad of vendors that, that you all are using and it, as we're looking at today court reporting is the massive opportunity we're chasing today but i think there's much more than that as, as we continue to grow can you guys talk about your your platform a little bit um obviously we're very accustomed to doing zoom depositions i think that's become kind of a standard across the industry for virtual meetings. So can you, for people that might be hesitant to move off of the Zoom platform, tell them why it's a Steno Connect is a better option for them? For me, as, a, uh, as an attorney that's taken depots on both Zoom and Steno Connect, really the biggest difference is Zoom is an off-the-shelf platform that is great for um, meetings and and general video conferences, Steno Connect was made specifically for depositions. And so there are some key differences between the two. Probably, though, the biggest is the ability to seamlessly handle your exhibits within Steno Connect itself. And so when I've taken depositions on Zoom, really the biggest barrier there is figuring out how to best manage exhibits as a taking attorney. So that's everything from you know, making sure that the other side gets a copy of the exhibit that's, um, you know, annotating the exhibits, that's sharing exhibits and, and really controlling the screen while you are um, deposing the witness. Um, obviously, you can do it through screen share and Zoom, and that's just not ideal for a number of reasons. And so with, with Steno Connect, it's a web-based platform where you can uh, drag and drop all of your exhibits into the platform itself, and they are all um, entirely confidential um, only to you until you decide to share them. And when you share them within the platform, then um, every participant in the depot could automatically download a copy to their local uh, device. Each person has the ability to review the exhibit kind of on their own within the platform. And the taking attorney can also um, take over people's screen and direct the deponent to particular sections of the exhibit. Beyond that, you can annotate within the platform on, on the exhibits and you can um, capture screen grabs of whatever annotations there are and automatically make that into the next consecutive exhibit or whatever you want to do with it. So 
Um, it's just a much better way to deal with exhibits within uh, while you're taking a rem- remote deposition than than on Zoom. We'd like to thank the sponsors of the Elevate podcast, Steno. Steno is a court reporting service offering court reporting all over the United States. The great feature of Steno, among others, is that they offer the ability to defer payment for court reporting services until the end of your case, which means you can enhance your cash flow as a plaintiff's lawyer since you're not getting paid until the case resolves, allowing you to the freedom to take as many depositions as you want and you need in order to prove your case. Check them out at steno.com. We're also sponsored today by Law Pods. Law Pods is a service that helps lawyers create podcasts like the very podcast you're listening to right now. Law Pods is our producer, all of the great content and production quality for the show, which is terrific, is done by Law Pods. If you have an idea for a podcast or just want to run something by them, check them out at lawpods.com. Give them a call and see what they can do to help you. Does your platform allow for video recording of the depositions as well as the audio? And how does that work? Yeah, it does. Um, Dan, do you want to talk about some of the kind of technical side of what the um, Steno Connect platform does? Yeah, I mean, it's not too dissimilar from a Zoom in the sense that you can see everybody on the screen, um, the main participants. You can also say, this is the court reporter, this is the taking attorney, this is the opposing counsel. And all of those can be recorded and we can produce a final video of that the same way that you would on Zoom. And so from that perspective, it's it's not too dissimilar from, from Zoom um, for what you're used to. And that's somewhat intentional in the sense that we don't want people to have this really completely different experience. Or if you're used to Zoom, you can join it and you can feel fairly comfortable in it because you can see the different video tiles and you can choose who goes into which tile and each participant can customize their own view. Um, but the the net result of it is you can get a video the same way that you do on Zoom. We can record it or we cannot record it. Different different firms have different preferences in terms of if they want it recorded or not, but it's all totally possible. I will throw out there also that folks can use Steno and take advantage of our deferred payment uh, service and still use Zoom. So uh, some people think that if they come to Steno that they are forced onto Steno Connect. If you're more comfortable on Zoom, then you know we're happy to host a remote depot for you on Zoom. And we're also happy to do whatever's necessary to have depositions taken in person if that's what people want to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, we want to remove as much friction from that process, from that litigation process as possible. While a lot of people prefer to use Steno Connect because the exhibit handling is much more seamless than Zoom, whatever makes the most sense for that firm is what we can what we can offer for them. And that speaks a little bit more broadly to how we approach tech. My background is computer engineering. That's what I went to school for. Both Greg and I, I, I've worked in very large companies, some of the largest insurance companies in the world, also have worked on, on the startup. And so when Greg approached me with the idea of Steno, I looked at it and I think Dylan had a very unique insight around the financing component because that that resonates a lot with plaintiff's attorneys. But when we looked at the bigger picture and we look at the market of court reporting, it's a very antiquated market. And we saw a lot of opportunity to bring tech into this industry. And when I talk about tech, specifically around the user experience. There is tech that exists in this industry. A lot of that tech in this industry requires you filling out 20 different fields on a form. It's clunky. It feels like it was built in the 90s or the 2000s, and it's not intuitive. 
And Greg and I come previously, our, our previous company was a consumer facing experience. And so we wanted to have that consumer user experience within the tech that we're providing for the legal space. And what I mean by that is that when you look at our technology, it should be intuitive. You shouldn't have to go through hours or weeks of training to understand how to use it. You should look at it and be like, oh, I think I just click here and this is what I do. And so that is our approach for everything as it relates to technology is to try and have as simple of a user experience as possible. Just to highlight that, and Ben, you asked the question like, well, what's different between the two? You know, Dylan mentioned annotation. I know folks can do annotation on Zoom as well, but it's the difference between one click and like six. And when you're in the middle of presenting an exhibit to somebody and you have your train of thought, your line of questioning ready to go, and you tee up that exhibit and you want to just one click, let them annotate versus having to go three menu layers deep, try and find the button and otherwise, it's a completely different experience that allows you, again, to emulate what you would do if you were there in person. You know, the in-person version of that is I hand the document across the table and somebody starts writing on it. We can all see it in real time. And it happens in a, in a moment. And that's a very different experience than, than what I think folks get on Zoom. The best thing I can say to folks is call us up. We'll do a demo for you. You'll try it out and you'll see for yourself how much easier it is to use. That's probably the best way to experience it firsthand. You know, we can talk about it until we're blue in the face here. But for most folks, once they see it and once they've, we've, once they've touched it and interacted with it, they get it. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the quality control measures that Steno employs to make sure that its transcripts are accurate and how that maybe differentiates you from others in the field or maybe everyone in the field? Yeah, so this is a, a long internal conversation that Dylan and I and Dan had in, uh, in partnership with Rahul. We had had some deeper conversations around uh, court reporting services and otherwise. And oftentimes when, when I think about what specifically what Rahul had asked about, which is how do we make sure that the, the transcripts that we're getting back from our court reporters are as accurately as possible as accurate as possible before we pass them along to our attorneys. So one of the things that we do that's pretty unique to this industry is oftentimes we'll go through and review the transcript itself. We'll have somebody on our team review that transcript in detail uh, and they'll review it against the audio to ensure that that the transcript is as accurate as possibly can be before it's passed along. At the end of the day, court reporters are all human. Uh, they make mistakes, just like all of us do in all of our jobs. But if we can be a second set of eyes for them to really ensure that we are getting the most accurate transcript out as possible, everyone's better off. The court reporter is happier. That's a higher quality of work that's produced for, for our clients. And our clients are a lot happier as well because they are they're finding less mistakes in transcripts. And I think that's been a huge game changer for for clients, especially when they're going to trial, it's a step function that, that we see for folks, step function better. Is there a way to use AI to assist the court reporters in sort of giving them uh, flagging areas where they can double check and make sure the transcripts are, are accurate? You know, it's a, it's a curious question. I think there's a lot of stuff that's kind of going on with AI right now that, that we see. You know, it's interesting. And just to give a comparative point, um, speech to text, as it, it, you know, you, you mentioned AI, but really in the, in the industry, what we're really talking about is automated speech recognition. Most of the programs that are out there are using things like Google or using things like AWS, and they're just not as accurate as the humans are. The average, average program that's out there, they'll get one word every sentence wrong. If you're ever speaking, doing speech to text into a text message or otherwise on your phone, you'll get, get that experience firsthand. And it's one word every 10, 10 that they'll, they'll miss, which is about one word every sentence. 
Now, the average court reporter, they grade out a rate around one word every 50 that they will miss, just for a comparative point, right? So while I think automated speech recognition has come a long way since its inception, it still has a long way to go. I know some of the court reporting technology providers that court reporters themselves use are now starting to experiment with some sort of some sorts of combination in that, but it's still the very, very early days on that front. And again, it's mostly a function of the fact that the tech just has a long way to go still. Where, where do your court reporters come from? Are they all over the place? Are you outsourcing uh, them or are they working? Do they work in-house for you? Or? So Steno is a national company at this point. We provide court reporting services all across the country. And most, and in fact, every market that I can think of, court reporters generally operate as independent contractors. We are, you know, people call us a court reporting agency. And if you think about the agency model, we're really a, a labor and a talent market for, for you guys as attorneys. You're looking for talent that we can bring to that deposition. And we go about sourcing that talent on your behalf. And the, those folks, by and large, are independent contractors, uh, court reporters across the country. They work for themselves. They run their own small businesses. And we're sourcing those individuals on your behalf and, and ultimately get them to show up. To, to answer the question specifically, where do we find them? Oftentimes in new markets, there will be, um, you know, communities and job communities uh, of court reporters that we can reach out to, to kind of uh, originally source those relationships. But once we get going in a market, oftentimes we have folks that, that we lean on, that we trust and know and so forth. At this phase of our business, we're very much in the latter half of that bucket where we have trusted folks across every market that we lean on, that we know uh, deliver high quality work. So just one last area to touch on before we wrap up, but the reason I I asked the question about how large the industry is and it being a multi-billion dollar industry is in reality, industries that large need to cater to the consumers. The consumers don't need to cater to the businesses. And I think Dan touched on it that there are a lot of court reporting agencies that are a little bit old fashioned. And a couple of the things that I understand you're working on to make it more user-friendly for attorneys include, you know, coordinating and building in technology to tether uh, Steno with the case management software different companies are using, potentially Litify or or other companies. Uh, and I don't know if you're working with Filevine and others yet, but anything to make our lives easier and in scheduling and canceling in maintaining the transcripts, making them available in different formats. That's huge. So can you just share a little bit about what you're doing and what the future looks like for Steno in that regard? Yeah, I I, I can. I think, you know, interestingly, one of the things that we identified in working with Dylan's firm and other firms like yours, Rahul, was that so much of, of the back and forth between these legal support service providers not only happens from the attorneys themselves, but from their paralegals and from their legal secretaries and otherwise. And most of their stakeholders that I just mentioned, their experience lives within their case management platform. Their day-to-day lives within their case management platform. Uh, you know, I know Dylan's firm is on Clio, Rahul. I think you guys are on, on Litify from what I remember. And, and ultimately, your um, staff and your collective staffs are working in those platforms nonstop. So I think what, you know, the question and kind of where I take it is, how do we start to integrate our services directly into those platforms so that way you, those various stakeholders never have to leave the platform? They don't have to go send an email and tell us, hey, we have this job coming up at this date and time. And that's specifically relevant when all of that information relating to a, a matter 
relating to uh, the underlying component is already stored in a structured format in your case management platform. And if you have the depot notes there, all the better. Importantly, why that becomes relevant is ultimately, if you guys can click a couple times within your case management platform versus having to draft a completely new email out to us to schedule a depot and, and deal with all the back and forth, it can be a huge, huge time saver for folks. And I think that's what we're looking at now is how do we integrate not only with Litify, which we've completed, but other case management platforms like FileVine, like Clio, and others to start making that process more and more seamless on behalf of the, again, the various stakeholders that, that I think could all use a, an extra extra set of hands or at least a more automated set of hands that, that makes their life a whole bunch easier. And as we look at the future, it's, it's definitely one where all of those underlying services are integrated directly with what you all do every day. On the deferred payment uh, plan, what happens if the case goes south and the plaintiff is unable to recover? Is there an interest accrual on that? How does that work? So the simple answer is no, there's no interest. And so it doesn't matter if your case resolves in a couple months after taking the depot or a few years after taking the depot, the cost is the cost. And so the way it works is just like with any other court reporting agency, once you finish the depot, we'll send you a transcript and an invoice to cover the cost of that transcript so that you can track your cost. The only difference is our invoice, rather than saying it's due in 30 days, says it's due when your case resolves. And to answer your other question about recourse versus non-recourse, it really depends on the state. So in every state where we are able to offer non-recourse deferred payment, we do that because we prefer to um, allow our clients to, to take depositions on a non-recourse basis. Some states, though, regulate court reporting agencies a little bit differently. And in those states, um, we're not allowed to offer our services on a non-recourse basis, but we will always defer the cost until the end. Uh, the only difference is if you lose your case in one of those states, then you'll still have to pay the, the invoice. Hmm. Sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> now we just need the experts to take deferred payment too. Can we work on that? We got the EI guys back on here and talk to them about that. <laughs> well, really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about your company. It sounds like a great idea. Seems like it's been very successful too. So congrats. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Rahul. Appreciate your support. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. For more information about today's guests and the topics discussed on the show, please visit our website at www.elevate.net. That's E-L-A-W-B-A-T-E.net, where you'll find guest profiles and show notes, and you can continue the conversation by joining our Facebook group. And if you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you'll subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review. So for now, keep on working to elevate your trial law practice. And we'll see you back again soon.